All right, everybody, we're going to talk to you about our new sponsor for REI Society. It is PropStream. Big data for real estate tailored for you. If you don't know what PropStream is, you need to get it immediately. PropStream provides unmatched access to detailed property records nationwide. They have more data, more features, and investor tools than any other service out there. Trust me, I know. Unlimited searches let you evaluate specific properties or search their database for over 160 million records, both on and off market, that meet your exact investment criteria. You get to target motivated sellers, find cash buyers, accurate comps, especially if you're not a realtor and you need to get accurate comps. And then you have much more with their precise filtering system. This software allows you to work smarter and not harder. PropStream has more data, more features, and investor tools than any other product or service on the market today. You can identify your investment criteria, search, evaluate, and target. That's crucial, guys. PropStream's built-in marketing features make it easy for you to reach your prospects through customized postcards, email campaigns, landing pages, and ringless voicemails. You want to know where you can find properties left and right? You can do it through PropStream. This is where we get our best deals. Go to trial.propstreampro.com forward slash REI society. This is going to get you a seven day free trial that you get to play around with. And if you text me, if you text me PropStream on my phone number, I will send you a live webinar that we did way back in the day that can tell you all about how to utilize this the correct way. So text 404-341-2897. Again, 404-341-2897. Text PropStream to this number, and I will send you a link to a video that teaches you how to utilize PropStream. So go ahead and subscribe today, Pro dot com forward slash rei society again trial.propstreampro.com forward slash rei society that's gonna get you your seven day free trial hola 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 como esta sorry i just felt like doing that look we're gonna get back into talking about rentals last couple episodes i've kind of strayed away but we're not done with long-term rentals I want to explain to you that it is very important to analyze rental property. What do I mean by that? Analyzing rental property. Well, there's two important factors that are the most important factors in determining if a rental property is perfect for your portfolio. The first one is cash flow, and the second one is appreciation. So, Cash flow, if you're not sure, which I'm sure everybody is sure of what it is, but if you're not, you don't understand cash flow, basically cash flow is the money that's left over after your expenses. So you need to learn how to calculate your income. You need to know what a property can get for rent. So how do you determine market rents? You need to check your MLS. You need to call local rental signs that is a similar property to yours. Uh, you can look at rental listings on websites like Zillow and Craigslist, scan newspapers if they still exist in your area, uh, Facebook. What I would recommend is once you get an idea of what the property value is as far as the rental value, then you can bump your rent up slightly above that. So here's a story. I've got a triplex in a little house in my hometown that I just renovated and I did a lot of the renovations to make it tenant proof like putting in granite tops lvp flooring flat walls for paint things like that just to make it really really tenant proof so that if somebody scuffs with the walls i can easily touch it up 
Um, the granite is indestructible. I've got slow close uh, drawers and, and doors for the cabinetry. I got some tile floors of the bathrooms that are water sealed so that water can't seep through. No carpet whatsoever, LVP. And I knew that my home was extremely nice. Even though I went a little cheaper on product, it is extremely nice compared to what's out there on the market. So I got a little house on the property right next door to the triplex. And these are 500, even actually the house is the same size as the units in the triplex. So we have 550 to 600 square feet on, on each unit. So all four units. And we put up a rent sign after looking at all the different comps in the area. And the comps were 800 a month for this property uh, based on the square footage and what I'm seeing in the area. And then I went in and decided that I was going to bump up the rent slightly just to go a little bit above that. Because, you know, for me, I like to have a luxury home that, that is all inclusive. Like you don't have to, which I don't recommend this for you guys, but this is on a specific type of property boundary and everything in the, and it's kind of almost like apartment living, but I like to have for this kind of property, I like to have everything all inclusive. So if the normal rents are $800 a month and I'm cutting grass once a month or twice a month and we're providing fridges and, and, and washer and dryers, these are luxury homes. We are, we are renting these out for $950 a month. And that $950 a month on that one rental house actually paid for the whole project itself. Uh, monthly. I haven't rented out, actually, as of this date, I haven't rented out the other three units because we just put these on the market, but comps were $800 a month and I bumped it up slightly to get the 950 and it's really, really good. Now, here's the thing. If I couldn't get 950, then I can go up a little bit more. I mean, I mean, I can go down a little bit and I can bring it back down closer to the comps if I need to fill the market out a little bit better. So, if you're not getting a lot of showings and rental showings and calls, then your property's probably a little bit too high. But now you know how to come up with market rents for your single family home, triplex, you know, units, duplex units, whatever you have. It's as easy as that. And I'll do a recap. Check in the MLS, call in on rental signs, look at that rental listings on Facebook, Zillow, Craigslist, scan newspapers if, they're, if they are in your area still. And then you're going to bump your rents up slightly above those and you'll fill the market out. And if you can get it, get it. If not, retract a little bit and then you'll eventually get your property rented. So here's the thing. That's calculating income. Now let's talk about expenses. What typical expenses do you have in a rental property? Well, it's taxes, insurance, maybe flood insurance if you're in a floodplain, water, gas, electricity, garbage. HOA, um, snow removal if you're up north, property management if you're hiring a property manager, vacancy rate, which I like to attach a 5% vacancy rate on the yearly income, gross income, and then maintenance and repairs, which I also add a 5% maintenance and repair rate off of the gross yearly income. All of those combined together is your operating expenses. So here's... Here's, here's something we can talk about. Let's do some math. Let's do some math. Assume you own a home that you just purchased. The purchase price was $100,000. You had $1,500 in closing cost. And I want you to go back and listen to this and write this out. 
you may be listening to this while you're driving and you don't need to be calculating this while you're looking at a computer. I mean, looking at your, your phone and driving and steering. You may be listening to this with, with, uh, at home without your computer or notes. Listen to it now. Go through this with me and then re-listen to it again and share this episode if you don't mind because I'm really trying to teach you something here and I think there's some wisdom behind this episode. But for all intents and purposes, let's go back to where I was about to go, which is assume you just purchased a home for $100,000. We're going to be determining cash flow here. Your closing cost was $1,500. You have pre-rent holding cost. And I made these up, by the way. This is all arbitrary. This is not a real deal. I just made this up for this podcast episode specifically. But you have pre-rent holding cost of $4,000. And that could be like utilities and mortgage payments for a couple of months. Then you have your renovations, which is 15 grand to make the property tenant proof. Okay. All in, total all in, $120,500. Now, decent deal. Let's see if it is. Assume we have the following example as well, continuing on. 20,000, I mean, no, 20% down payment, which is $20,000 of your purchase price of $100,000. So the bank, the mortgage company is going to give you an $80,000 loan and you're all in project cost, $120,500 minus your $80,000 equals $40,500 cash that's needed to do this deal. Now let's continue on, keep moving forward. Assume the following, your yearly rents in the amount of $24,000. Somehow you got a killer deal. You're all in on this property for very little and you're busting it out $2,000 a month. So yearly rents are $24,000 a year or $2,000 a month. In this example, we're going to say that you have a $700 mortgage times that by multiply that by 12 months. That is $8,400 for the year. Okay. Now we're going to say you have $1,000 in insurance for homeowner's policy. Remember what I told you earlier when we were talking about what, I guess, what your expenses could be. And I was talking about maintenance and repairs and vacancy. Well, let's also assume that you have a $1,200 vacancy for the year, which is 5%, like I said, which is a good rule of thumb. Again, you have another 5% in repairs and maintenance and you're detracting away from the price. That's another $1,200. And you're somewhere in a higher tax area. And this is not high taxes by any means, but it's a $4,000 property tax. We're assuming you don't have a mortgage on this note in this example, because I'm trying to help you explain. So now your total operating cost is $15,800 for the year. Now let's do some math. $8,200 net income after you take all of your expenses, all your operating costs, $15,800 from the $24,000. That leaves you $8,200. Well, you're, that's your net income. You have gross rents of $24,000. Subtract your cost. Your net income is $8,200. But guess what? You had to put $40,500 in in this example, and that's your cash that was needed from you. So what you're going to do is you're gonna, we're going to determine your cash on cash return on investment. $8,200 net income divided by $40,500 cash from you. And that is a 20% cash on cash return on investment. Now, let me ask you this. Are your banks paying you 20% on your money? 
you have completely wrote out a plan. You've came up with a 5% vacancy rate, a 5% maintenance and repair rate. You've already got a good mortgage. You put a limited amount of money out and your cash on cash return on investment is 28%. Nobody is paying that right now. This is why long-term wealth building in real estate, specifically single family homes, maybe some multifamily, condos, townhomes, commercial, this can significantly help you with cash flow and to help you build your net worth. Again, this is really, really exciting if you really get this. So go back and listen to this episode and go through these numbers. You need to realize that income minus your expenses is cash flow. You take your annual cash flow, divide it by your total investment. Now, here's where the, the cool thing is. The birth strategy that you hear other people talk about, buy, rehab, rent, refinance, repeat. Now, you can structure this, and this is going to go beyond where I'm going in this episode. We're going to keep this episode short, just about these numbers. But you can buy these with cash or with a hard money loan with very little to no money down according to who you're borrowing from. Regardless of whether you use cash or a hard money loan, you force the appreciation up by the renovations, and now you have a big equity standpoint. Most lenders will give you 75% of the after repair value on a mortgage. So if you bought a property for, you know, let's just say it's worth $100,000, you bought it for $50,000, you put $15,000 in it, you're in it for $65,000 and you, you needed $5,000 in closing cost, theoretically, you can refinance this whole deal and never have a dollar in because you had that 25% of equity left in on the property. So the cheaper you can get your deals, the better it's going to be for you and the minimal investment that you're going to have to come out of your pocket. And sometimes you don't even have to come out of your pocket any at all. Or if you do and you have cash and you buy it up front, you can refinance and get all your money back. And then your, your cash flow is to infinity and beyond, like Toy Story says. Your annual cash flow divided by your total cash investment gives you your cap rate, right? So your capitalization rate is the return on your investment. So like I said, if you have the Burr strategy in place and you did a really good deal, now your investment dollars is to infinity and beyond. Your return on investment is to infinity and beyond. What I love about the cash on cash return on investment, if we're going to talk about cash on cash return on investment real quick again, the less I can put down, even if I had to put down something, I will only buy a home if I'm making at least 20%. Now, most people are cool with 7 or 8% if you're in California or in New York. If I lived over there, I would never be buying out there unless I can get at least 20%. So guess what? If I lived in a high taxed area, uh, a community that has sky high prices, I'd be buying out of state where I can get these kind of cap rates and I would have property management in together and I'd have it run itself. Thankfully, I live in a, um, a lower property value state, um, not saying that the properties are inferior by any means, but what might be $3 million in, in California might be $800,000 here in Atlanta, Georgia. So what might be a 150,000 three, two ranch here in Atlanta, Georgia may be a $750,000 home in California. So if I lived on those sides of town, I couldn't pull the deal off then I would be buying properties out of state. So hope this gives you a lot to think about. I think you will really 
Love this when you go back and listen to that numbers section again to determine the cash flow. The whole thing is determine your cash on cash return on investment. If you do part money, in summary, this is the summary. If you do depart from money out of your banking account and you're putting skin in the game that's going to be in this deal long term, make sure you're getting 20% or more. And I know some people are going to disagree with me. You can't do that. This is where you got to learn how to direct source properties directly to the seller to give yourself a better yield. I would prefer you to go 20% and beyond. That way, if we have an economic meltdown, an economic recession, something like that, then you can even lower your interest rates. Uh, I'm sorry, your rental amounts. And that will give you, you'll probably most likely still have a good return. So now here's the thing. What do I like to make on a personal house? Uh, like one home only. I got to make at least $500 or more in cash flow. So my cash on cash return on investment, if I have skin in the game, is going to be 20% plus, And I've got to make at least a minimum of $500 a month in profit, net profit, or I'm not doing the dang deal. So like I said, that could be unrealistic on your side of town. If you can't find it on your side of town, start looking out of state. I can't stress it more than that. So that's it. I think this is going to be an episode that really breaks it down with education and content where I haven't seen others do it. So I'd like to know what you think. After you listen to this episode, share a comment, share a screenshot of this episode on Instagram, tag me and tag you in it. And let's help each other rise above the ashes. Let's help each other up level our game. Let's help each other with our audience. Let's show each other that we love real estate. So look, also, I'll end it with this. We just launched my long-term rental course, and it shows you how to go from start to finish with all of the different action steps that you need to take to get you all the way, like I said, from start to finish owning a rental home. And this was just a piece of the pie, just one of the things that we breeze over. I wouldn't say we breeze over, but I breezed over here for you today, but that's in a little bit more in depth in this training program. And if you're interested in that, go to reisocietyedu.com. Again, reisocietyedu.com. See you in the next episode. Bye-bye.